Chapter 18 of Pollyanna of the Orange Blossoms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Claire. Pollyanna of the Orange Blossoms by Harriet Lummis Smith. Chapter 18 Trying Out the Game. Oh dear, I certainly am the most unlucky girl. I wonder why every single thing I'm interested in is bound to go wrong. Judith had considerable more to say along the same line. It had been a day of disappointment from the start. She had put her breakfast rolls into the oven to warm, and had taken them out as black and shining as if they were advertising a new brand of stove polish. It was the day for her mother's weekly letter, but it had failed to arrive, and Judith was working her imagination overtime, conjuring up all sorts of distressing explanations for its non-appearance. She had told Russell about a new spring suit she had seen in a window of one of the shops, marked down to half price, though as yet no one had thought about putting on spring suits, and Russell, instead of saying, I don't know what you want of any more clothes, always a tactless speech for a husband of limited experience, had seemed anxious that she should take advantage of the bargain, and the previous evening had brought home the necessary funds. But when, on this day of misfortune, Judith had hurried down to make the purchase. The suit she wanted had already been sold, and those which appealed to her equally cost exactly twice as much. After a fruitless and disappointing search, she had returned home in a dejected mood to find a visiting card in her letter-box, indicating that she had missed one of the very few calls she had received since becoming resident of the metropolis. And so, Judith, flinging herself into an easy-chair, gave herself up to the dangerous luxury of self-pity. It was the recollection of Pollyanna's game that checked the flow of Judith's complaints. She had played it by fits and starts ever since that sunny afternoon when Gladys Moore had challenged her to make the attempt, and, while her success had been variable, she had never reached the point of really wishing to give it up. Now it occurred to her that this was an opportune time for putting the game on trial, and proving once for all whether it would work. It was not easy to deny herself the luxury of grumbling. So many people sacrifice almost everything worth while in life for this privilege that Judith's reluctance to forego the indulgence did not stamp her as peculiar. She sat for a little, hesitating between the satisfaction of giving herself up to the acute misery and the satisfaction of trying out Pollyanna's plan and, after five minutes or so of vacillation, she suddenly reached a resolution. It's just four o'clock, and there are about seven hours till bedtime, and whatever happens before then, even if the house burns down, I'm going to find something to be glad about. It was surprising what a change of mood resulted from that determination. Judith was conscious of an immediate uplift of spirits. She glanced toward the window under the impression that the sun must have come out from under a cloud, and then laughed as she realized that the sudden brightening of her surroundings was due to a radiance from within. "'I won't have to get dinner for an hour yet,' said Judith, in the buoyant tone that befitted her resolution. "'I'm glad there was some dessert left over from yesterday. Now I'll have a good rest and feel fine when Russell comes.' She stretched herself on the couch and picked up a magazine for entertainment. Luckily it was a magazine with wholesome, cheery stories, instead of one of the sort which advertised their superiority by giving detailed accounts of the psychological reactions of a group of decadents. Judith, 
had a number of good laughs before it was time to set about preparing dinner, and, as a result, was more than ever in the mood to play the game. Russell came in about dinner-time, moving wearily and with an overcast face. "'That confounded elevator is out of order again,' he announced angrily. "'If it goes on a strike, it's bound to be when I'm especially tired. I'd like to make the owner of this house walk up and downstairs till he either died of heart failure or put the elevators into shape.' "'You do look tired,' Judith exclaimed sympathetically. "'I'm glad we don't have to go out this evening.' An expression of surprise crossed Russell's face. He had not been anticipating an answer of this sort. It was not the first time he had grumbled over the unsatisfactory elevator service, and Judas was very likely to reply, "'Oh, yes, you notice it when you have to walk upstairs. If you had any idea how many times I climb those flights, and often with a heavy market-basket, you'd realize that you're not the only sufferer.' Having expected a reply of this sort, Russell looked a little taken aback, his sensations suggesting those of one who, thinking there is still another stair in the flight, finds himself already at the bottom. Russell's mood was fault-finding. As he took his seat at the table, he said gruffly, "'Went to a new lunch-room today, and it's the worst yet. Some of these fellows ought to be prosecuted for the stuff they serve. As for the cooking, I could do better myself.' "'Well, I'm glad it wasn't so good that it will make you discontented with what I'll give you.' laughed judith i know i'm pretty poor at times but anyway i'm not as bad as all that and she derived a demure enjoyment from russell's half-startled glance across the table judith was not blessed with pollyanna's quick intuition the assumption that all women are endowed with intuition is as absurd as the companion claim that all men are reasonable but as the meal progressed she began to realize that russell's impatience and irritability were symptoms of something wrong he was either sick or worried, and she was determined to find out which was the case. Don't you feel well, Russell? Had he been out of sorts physically, the inquiry would have gratified him. Few people are so strong-minded as not to be pleased when their indisposition attracts the attention of their friends, while the opportunity to talk about any complaint, from a sore throat to high blood pressure, is too tempting to the average victim to be resisted. When Judith's inquiry elicited from her husband an impatient frown as a preface to his reply, she knew she had guessed wrong. "'Of course I feel well. Can't you see I'm eating my dinner? I wouldn't be likely to do that, would I, if I wasn't all right? Then what's bothering you?' Russell's hesitancy was unconscious pretense. He knew immediately that he would answer that question in full. He longed, as all of us must, to share his trouble with a sympathetic listener and though he was a little uncertain as to how judith would receive part of this confidence the need of confiding in someone overbore his doubt the story came out with a rush he had loaned a fellow employee thirty dollars with the understanding that it was to be paid back the first of the month and now the first of the month had come and his debtor not only had failed to make payment but had seemed quite indignant over being reminded of his obligation you never saw anything so cool declared the exasperated russell he seemed to think that a fellow must be a regular shylock to want his money when it was promised him and the worst of it is that i don't know how the deuce i'm going to meet my building and loan payments judith had needed to fortify her resolution several times while this narrative was in progress she had ached to say why on earth did you let him have the money 
you haven't any more than you need yourself she was tempted also to assure him that he would never see a penny of that thirty dollars again it's plain that he's a dead beat what a pity we didn't use that thirty dollars having a good time i'd rather spend it on a real blow-out than throw it away on anybody like that but as none of these comments impressed judith as being in keeping with the resolution she had made at four o'clock she listened in silence till she saw her chance and then she exclaimed oh russell well you know the money you brought me last night for that suit i wanted well when i went down to-day it was sold so i didn't buy anything that will help you out with your building and loan won't it i'm so glad now that somebody else got that suit before i did russell laid out his fork and sat looking across the table at his wife with an inscrutable expression then suddenly he rose went around to her chair and put his arms about her such interruptions to the sordid business of three meals a day are not likely to be unwelcome to any wife judah submitted radiantly to the prospect of having her chop grow cold uneaten judith russell said meekly i don't believe i've ever done you justice i was half afraid to tell you about this for fear you'd say i was a fool to lend marsh the money judah thought of the sharp speeches that had risen to her lips and been restrained only by a supreme effort and a fitting humility blended with her sense of satisfaction she put her hand up against his cheek and russell stooped and kissed her i'll take that money back he said because i'm in a hole but next month you shall have a spring suit whether marsh comes across or not they finished their dinner in course of time it did not matter whether it was earlier or later for neither one was at all interested in the clock and spent the hours that intervened between that and bedtime getting acquainted both judas and russell were legitimate products of the age of hustle their idea of having a good time was to go somewhere and spend an immense amount of energy doing something reaching home at a late hour and in a state of exhaustion which made the simplest remark an effort their conversations were almost always superficial and judith knew very little more about the man who was her husband than she did a month after their marriage but this evening encouraged by the discovery that his wife was a plucky pal instead of a fretful child who must be kept in the dark regarding everything vexatious or alarming russell opened his heart to her as never before and so the two laid the foundation of that sympathetic understanding which is proof against the fluctuations of passion and the best safeguard of married happiness judith fell asleep that night feeling strangely light-hearted she had resolved to discover something to be glad about in everything that happened during a specified time and unexpectedly she found herself glad without trying the game had stood the test it had worked judith's last waking thought was a grateful recollection of her neighbour she turned her face toward the wall on the other side of which in all probability pollyanna lay asleep and whispered tenderly pleasant dreams pollyanna dear End of chapter 18 Recording by Claire